And he reminded me of this incident with this gentleman. I said, oh my God, yeah, I remember that. And it started from then. I am almost 50. And I'm still a God-fearing woman. Very much. And I was like, wow. Imagine, I don't remember this man's name. He probably dead. Because yeah, I'm, I'm far from five. Okay. I don't know. But I remember... Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome, 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 everyone, and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. And of course, once again, I am none other than your host, Arlena. I would like to start by giving all thanks, all praises, all honor, and all glory to the Father who art in heaven, His Son, Jesus Christ, and of course, the Holy Spirit, because without them, I am nothing, nothing, nothing. And may it never come to a point where I think I'm that great, because truly, I am not. But because of Christ Jesus, I can do all things who died for my sins. So yes, I'd like to start by giving... Well, by saying thank you to each and every one of you who have listened, downloaded, shared, or whatever the podcast. You do have a variety of different podcasts out there that you can tune into. So for the mere simple fact that you decided to stop by, whether it's to just see what I was doing, or if indeed you did drop by because you wanted to enjoy whatever message it was that God gave Either way, I'd like to say thank you. So yeah. Actually, I have no idea what the temperature is at this point. At least I'm not sweating, so I would assume it's pretty comfortable. And as far as in my cup, there's nothing in my cup. I am tired, so I am laying on my bed. But I needed or actually wanted to get this episode out and right now this is the only time I can get it done or else it probably wouldn't get done at least not in the time that I would like it to be done so yeah so yeah and actually this is gonna be like a random um episode or what's the right word I don't I don't even know what number episode it is it's probably episode zero seven eight or zero seven nine i have no idea but anyway 
wanted to touch on a few things. And also before um, going any further, I definitely extend my heartfelt prayers and condolences to the people of Haiti. Or as we say back in the Caribbean, Haiti. They have really been through a lot. God knows. It, it hasn't even been two months since the assassination of your president. And now here they are once again. They are facing um, trying to pick up the pieces from an earthquake. So my heart truly goes out to them. Truly. My heart was heavy yesterday. It really was. Because I was well, actually on Tuesday. It was really heavy. Because yeah. I can only imagine. So yeah, I kind of wanted to, I guess this is one of those um, random episodes. Yeah. And there's a few things I wanted to touch on. And about maybe three weeks ago, or actually, oh yeah, we already, wow, almost the last month of August. About maybe... I would say early July, mid-July, somewhere around there. I was doing a lot of, well, actually I've been doing a lot of um, reminiscing and a lot of soul searching as of since the beginning of the year. I, I take no day for granted. I really don't. I try to live each day with a purpose. There was a time where I spent my time just running, 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 running to do this work for this one, running to, yeah, I, I, at this point, I take my time. And I try to savor every little thing around me from the chirping of the birds, the sound of the birds chirping, to the azaleas here where I'm at, to the nice, beautiful greenery. I try to take it all in. I try to, you know, slow down and take it all in despite whatever it is that might be going on around me. Because we are definitely living in a time that, you know, when I was a young girl, uh, you know, I would hear my grandmother talk about certain things in the Bible. And boy, I'm telling you, I'm not even 50. And... You're seeing so much of that happening right now that it clearly tells us that it's a time that we have to be sober and vigilant. The times have changed. People have changed. And Satan's children, they busy. But anyway, enough of that. In today's episode, well, like I said, it's going to be a, uh, uh, this is just like a random episode. I think about late June to early July, as I was talking and praying to the Lord, you know, as I would often do when I'm at home, you know, and the Lord kind of reminded me of something 
when I was about four or either five years of age. And when he, you know, kind of brought that incident back to me, I said, oh, my God, yes, I do remember that. And it was a time that was so precious. I was a young girl, a toddler, actually. And, you know, at that time, I was still living in New York City. I had not yet migrated to the Caribbean. And it wouldn't be too long after that I would end up migrating to the Caribbean. But at that time, I had not. So I probably still had um, a New York accent. And I remember as I was, I believe I might have been on a fast that week. And as I was praying and talking to the Lord about God knows what, but anyway, I was a person from a very young age. I was a God-fearing person, even before I was saved. So even more so now, especially when you know the word. I was God-fearing before I even really knew the word. So imagine now. And I remember my former pastor always would say to us, because I came from a teaching ministry, just in case this is the first time that you're tuning in. I didn't come from a preaching ministry or that um, new age movement ministry. I came from a teaching ministry. And I remember something that he used to say to us that always stuck with me, even to this day. And he said, he would say to, um, one of the things that he would say would be, you know, I have taught you guys. So we wouldn't have no excuse to say we didn't know. So in other words, we were responsible for what we were taught. So if we did contrary, especially after knowing the truth, well, that would be on us. And even before I met my pastor, this was years ago, this was in the 90s. I remember... Back then, I was working for the hospital. And there was this, we had a special tax preparer. Every year, faithfully, we would go to him to get our taxes done. I mean, since he has, since then he has passed away. And he was a good tax preparer, but just, listen, just prepare to um, take out vacation, PTO, because you're going to be sitting there forever. Okay, back then I didn't know nothing about doing my own taxes. I mean, I do today, but yeah, back then I had no clue. And he was doing my taxes. And I had a thing back then, which I'm sure it still goes on to this day. And he was like, because I don't have any kids. And he was like, I can give you someone's children on your taxes. I said, huh? I said, no. Mm-mm. I said, no, not me. I said, not this girl. I said, the Lord ain't going to kill me. 
and I refused. And you know how much money I could have really be getting back had I, you know, took that shortcut. But even back then, I wasn't even saved. Or was I? Wait a minute. Hold on. Jesus, I'm get, I'm really getting old now, okay? Let me see. Well, actually, I was. Yeah, I was. Wasn't too long ago. It wasn't uh, much long because when I was working for the hospital, it was 97. And that's the same year that I did receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. So, yeah, I was newly saved. But even if I wasn't, I'm going to say no. I was like, uh-uh, no. Long as it wasn't legal, uh-uh, no. That's, you know, because that's the way I was raised. And as I started, a couple of things started coming to mind. The Holy Spirit started to remind me of. This was an incident now that had taken place that I'm speaking about at this point. At this time, I was living in the Caribbean. I was probably eight or nine. And I was in the third grade. I remember that very well. And back then... Like, you could buy stuff for 50 cents. You could buy a soda for 50 cents. You can buy, you could buy a patty. A patty would be like what the um, Hispanic people would call empanadas. Well, of course, each island has their own version. Um, Jamaica have their version. And, of course, us, the rest of the Caribbean island, we have our own version as well. And back then, you could get whether it was a tuna, chicken, beef, patty for 50 cents so if you had a dollar you could get two and they were really good you could buy sun top because back then it was more like sun top you could buy m and whatever well actually it was more like smarties it was something called smarties it was kind of like m&m bimbo biscuits i remember bimbo biscuits very well if you're from the caribbean i'm sure you know what's bimbo biscuits lord jesus they were always stale but anyway you could get like that skittles and stuff for 50 cents and I remember this, um, that particular morning, you know, my grandmother would get us dressed. She would get us up early and man feed us a good breakfast. Man, when I think back to those days, those were good days. And yeah, you're going to hear my West Indian accent coming out in between. Deal with it. And I remember this particular day she was in the bedroom. I think she was getting my brother ready. But I was already dressed and, of course, I would have to take one bus and he would have to take another bus because, you know, he went to one school and I went to another school. And I ended up in her bedroom. I don't remember for what, but I do remember the incident very well. And, boy, back then my grandmother used to keep her money in what we would call a cash pan. That's like a little um, steel, you know, um, pan with a lock and key. And she must have opened the and listen she would keep that next to her <laughs> even i think about those days yes and i guess she went into it in a 20 dollar drop but she didn't know and i went into the bedroom and there it was sitting there man full up nicely like it was brand spanking new and boy when i saw that i think i the first thing came to mind was whoa you know how much patties i could buy how much candy or we just a sweetie I could buy? And let me tell you, I picked it up. She didn't even I picked it up. I'm I'm not kidding. I was like eight or nine. 
And I did think to myself, boy, I'm going to have a feast at school. Look, I imagine how much, you know, for 50 cents. Just think about how many, I was adding up in my head. How many, whatever it is I wanted to buy at 50 cents, I'm going to be able to get with this $20. And as I hit the door to my grandmother's house to go out, to go catch the bus, as soon as I got to the door, I'm not kidding, I'm not... And I was remembering this incident. When I got to the door, uh, I don't know what happened to me. I do not know. All I remember when I got to the door, I said, no. I said, I can't do this. I said, mm-mm. I said, no, this is my grandmother. I can't do this. No. And I went right back into the bedroom and I handed it, I said, and I, I used to call her mama because she raised me that she was like my mom. I said, and I handed it to her and I said, here mama. So she's like, what is? So she wonder why I'm giving her $20. I, <laughs> I said, you drop it. She's like, I drop it? I said, yeah, and I picked it up. And she looked at me like, Wait a minute, you went with it and you bring it back? And she like, how come you bring it back? And I tell her, I said, I said, I couldn't do that. I said, I couldn't do that. I said, I can't do that. And she took it from me and she was like in shock. And as I became an older, well, a teenager, then of course a woman. And... Because she died in 2006. So yeah, I was well a woman at that point. And. Anytime like if she would be missing money. Because there was a ton of grandchildren. When it missing. She said. One thing I know for sure she would say. If, if it's missing. Not to Alina. Alina don't have it for sure. And she was, she, you could believe she was telling the truth. So from that time until the day she died, she knew I would never steal not even so much as a quarter or a penny from her. And that's the truth. And I remember I was living in Florida at the time. And th at this point in time, I was an accountant. And I had, you know, I came home because my mom's father, and now this grandmother that I'm specifically speaking about, this was my father's mother, which would be, I guess, my paternal grandmother who I was raised by but I had came home I think for like 10 days um I don't even think I had 10 days I probably like a week because I had just recently got that job and I came for the funeral it was my mother's father's funeral and uh, she was so happy to see me and she felt so good. I I'll never forget that day. Oh, my God, I'll never forget that day. And there was a couple of us in the house, and somebody came by. And she was like, yeah, man, look, my grandchildren. These are my grandchildren. This is, this, that was just a quarter of us. But at that point, my grandmother had over 50 grandchildren. Yeah. They were busy back in the day, okay? They had no um, no cable, no, no, no internet, no, um, no cell phone to keep her busy. So they, they were occupied with, you know, other things. And she had 13 kids. And I remember she reminded me of this particular incident. She said, you remember that? I said, of course I remember that. And she said from that day, she said, I know I always could trust you. And the Lord started to bring that back to me 
recently. And she died knowing that I could, she could trust me. She could have trust me with anything. That's one thing. And I was like, wow, just imagine at such a young age. And I was like, but Lord, where did that come from? I said, obviously, it's something that you had to place within me. And then he reminded me of another incident that took place when I was about five. Because when I left America, I was probably like six. So I, um, hmm, I was probably maybe, I think if I'm not mistaken, my mother had not too long died. So I was about four going on five because she died in November. So I probably was turning five or I had just turned five. And my, I remember this gentleman, I don't even remember his name, but I remember the scene like just like it was yesterday. And the Lord reminded me of this. And I say, yeah, I remember that. And because my father had to work, and of course, at the time, he was a, a single parent because he, you know, my mom died. So, of course, he had to work. So he couldn't take, you know, he couldn't work and take care of me at the same time. So oftentimes, I was left with certain family members or friends to babysit me, you know. And I was at this particular lady's house. And I remember there was this gentleman that used to stay there. He was a young man at that time. I don't remember his name. I really don't. But I remember the incident very well. And he was a Christian or but he, or he did believe in the Lord. Because people kind of use that word very loosely. And I remember I was really um, very, very introverted. And I was really still broken up and kind of grieving the death of my mother. Because it's like, how do you comprehend the fact that, you know, you know, everybody got a mother, but I don't have a mother, especially at that age. And I remember he was in the kitchen at the kitchen table and he called me to sit next to him in a chair. And he was telling me not to be sad about my mom. He told me, he said, I would see her again. And I was like, how am I going to see her again? And one thing I remember, he could draw very, very well. And he drew an angel, like standing by this gate. And he drew like a woman that would, you know, kind of sort of like look like my mom. And he started to explain to me. He said, this is heaven. And he said, the angel escorted her to heaven. And he said, if you... Be a good girl. He said, you too can go to heaven and you'll see your mom one day. So from the age of four and a half, five. Well, I was more than four and a half, so probably five. I lived with that belief that if I was a good girl. I can go to heaven. And I'll see my mom. So I had the fear of God in me from a very, very, very young age. Because he was like, not just being a good girl, but, you know, respect the Lord and like doing the right thing. So that was inbreded in me from that very tender age. And I kept asking, I said, but Lord, where did this, like, where did it come from? 
Because I, I, when he reminded me of the incident with my grandmother, I was like either eight or nine. And I'm like, well, what was in me? At, where did that come from? I'm like, I know it had to come from you. But what, you know, stemmed it? And he reminded me of this incident with this gentleman. I said, oh, my God, yeah, I remember that. And it started from then. I am almost 50. And I'm still a God-fearing woman. Very much. And I was like, wow. Imagine, I don't remember this man's name. He probably dead. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm far from five. Okay? I don't know. But I remember what he did. And what he did is he planted that little mustard seed of God inside of me at such a young age that lived with me. Now, this was a time I had moved back to the Caribbean at one point, And I went back out in 96. So this was probably maybe 93, 94. At that time, um, my father, of course, was still alive. And at that time, my father, um, he owned a car rental business. And his worker, at the time, my father was traveling to go somewhere. So he left me in charge along with his worker. And I remember that we had a couple of cars that was coming in. So I had to, like, write up the contracts, the whole yada yada, whatever it was. And I had to also, like, handle the money. And let me tell you something. I went through a lot of turbulence with my father. But let me tell you something. One thing. When it came to his money, nobody touched him money but me. He Listen, nobody. No, when I said nobody, no, he would not allow, allow no one but me to handle it. Because he know if he's telling me to go get this for him, I ain't taking nothing more, nothing less. Just what he tell me to bring, I'm bringing. He, he, he never had to, he knew that. Never had to worry about that. Never. If I wanted to rob him, I could have robbed him blind. But yeah, that wasn't me. But I'm not that person. And his worker was a Christian. And at that time, I had not accepted Christ as my personal savior. Now, this I do remember. I was not saved. But you know, I grew up where I had to go to vacation Bible school. And by the way, I hated every every minute of it. And, you know, you go to church on Sundays. And then, of course, afterwards, some of them were seven days. You had to go on Saturdays. And, boy, I couldn't take that Saturday church business. It seemed like church was for, was, was, was from, from morning to never ending. But, you know, back then, we didn't. We're not like this generation. You ain't had too much say. If you wanted to live to see another day, but just another year, listen, you you did what you were told to do. And I remember he had a pocket-sized hardcover King James. It could have been a New King James, too, for all I remember. But it was either a King James or a New King James Version. At that point, I had never seen an NIV or NCC or whatever. They got all kind of letters today. I hadn't, listen, I hadn't seen none of them things. Much less the Life Application Bible. Uh, the only Bible I think I remember seeing was that big old Bible um, that used to sit on, my, you know, um, the coffee table that was my mom's. It was the Golden Rule. And not even that I used to open. So let me just be real. And he... And I was an angry little young girl at that point, very angry. 
good heart, but I was angry. And he gave me this Bible. I don't understand why he was giving me the Bible because I just took it from him. But I don't. But anyway, so by time in 1997, when I decided, okay, well, actually 96, excuse me. What was it? It was 97, no? Yeah, 96, 96. And when I decided, you know, I had enough of the Caribbean, I want to go back out to go to school and blah, 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 and the whole, you know, the whole thing. And by that time, my heart started softening and it started gravitating towards the things of God. But there was a desire in me that, you know, I wanted to become a Christian. Um, I was getting closer, but I still had not become one. And I remember as I packed up to move to the to move back to the U.S., of course, I took that Bible with me. And that Bible went with me from New York to California. And for the four years that I lived in California, that Bible, I would read that Bible every morning on my way to work. And then when I left California, I moved to Florida and that Bible went with me to Florida. And after that, yeah, I don't know where it went. And by then I had, um, of course, that pleather Bible that I had ordered from Amazon um, after wanting to read that story about David and Absalom. And in 2019, I was back at home. I was there like for almost two months. I didn't even recognize the gentleman. So as I'm walking, like minding my own business, he said, I know you. And when I look at him, I said, oh my goodness. I said, Wilson? He said, yes. I said, oh my God. So he told me he was giving me condolences at the time because my father had, you know, my fa- at, at that point my father had died, you know, it's been two years. And like I said, he used to work for my father. And he said, you know, condolences, you know, and stuff. I said, yeah, you know, thank you and everything. And I turned to him. I said, do you remember you gave me a pocket-sized Bible? And at first he didn't remember. And then when I described it, he said, yes. I said, well, do you know that Bible went with me from X, Y to Z? And I said, sir, today I am... You know, I am saved today. And he said, oh, my God. You know, so sometimes, you know, you do certain little things. People do, you know, certain little things. And you never know the difference that it may make. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking about all these things the Lord was just bringing back to me. And I was like, wow. Wow. You know, that. Gentleman planted that seed at the age of five, four and a half, five. And from then, I would live a life that was God-fearing. If people were busy gossiping, even to this day, I don't, you, you don't see me involved. So that's why sometimes they say, oh, I'm stuck up. No, I ain't stuck up. I don't want to be nothing because I don't want no one to say I say. I don't want anybody to call my name and nothing because I don't have time for that. And it's not something that I, um, I I care for at all. I've seen a lot of people whose reputation have been destroyed by gossip, rumors, and lies, including my own. So I know what that pain feels like. So I I that's something I I take no part in. And I'm a type of person I watch people very carefully. 
I don't even let you know I'm watching you, but trust me, I'm watching you. I promise you. And if you and your friend close and you talking about your friend, I like okay, that's a that, that's 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 a clue right here. I, hello and goodbye. And I kind of I stay to myself, not because I'm unfriendly, but because I realize you have to be careful with people. I have my friends; they're few and far, but I know we can trust one another. They and they know one thing: they can trust me. Like we have a saying back home. When they try to pick my mother, they know don't even try it. Because I'm going to send you flying. Don't ask me nothing. <laughs> That's always my motto. They know one thing. I can keep a secret. I don't. And people confide in me. It stays there. Like like we got a saying back home. You take it to the grave. Yes, that's right. And I just started remembering all. I was like, wow, boy. And I, you know, as I started thinking back. And. Another thing that kind of came to me when I was doing the study of the book of Psalms and when I got the impression on my heart to do, to read the 23rd Psalm in Dutch. And I did say last episode that I would give you the history behind that. Well, here's some of the history behind that. You see, the generation that I came from, we are the last generation of that generation. The, any generation after me is hard to figure out or even try to understand. It's a totally different generation. I mean, people are so disrespectful. Let me tell you, when we were growing up, it, let me tell you, West Indian parents, they're crazy. And let me tell you, okay, you embarrass your parents. Prepare, listen, just prepare coffin, prepare the suit, whatever you're going to wear for them to lay out cold. Because, listen, you listen, you going to go to early grave. That was something you don't do. You do not embarrass your parents in front of people. Because if you embarrass your parents in front of people, the person, people thinking, well, what kind of child is me? But why did these parents? So anytime you were unruly or you did anything out of the way, to make your parents look embarrassed, they kill you. I'm telling you right this minute, okay? And we were brought up in a way that was, we had to respect people. I'm serious. Even we had to respect the school teachers, people. Oh, listen, if we walk into a room, you see somebody, you better dare speak. You don't speak, that person call you back. Listen, I sleep with you. That's the first thing I ask you. Me and you sleep together? <laughs> in other words, I wake up with you for you not to say good morning. You see me standing here, good morning, good afternoon, you have to speak. You enter a room, you see people, you speak. You understand? We we were raised. I like like we have a saying, we were raised. We wasn't haul up and juck up. We were raised. Listen, our, our parents and foreparents didn't play that. You get knocked out cold. There was no ACS or none of that you could call. You understand? The only person you could have called is Jesus. And you better pray here you to save your behind. And... Um, as I was remembering the, the, you know, the, the, how the whole incident with the 23rd Psalm in Dutch. Now I was in the fifth grade. I'm not sure how old I was at that time, maybe 13, 14, who knows? I don't know at this point, but I was still a very young girl and we had to respect our teachers. You know, I li listen, we got generation today, boy, I had to shake my head. If I if if I used to do some of the stuff I see some of these children do, I listen. I wouldn't. You wouldn't even be hearing the sound of my voice. 
Uh, listen, my mouth will be twisted up if I survive. <laughs> that, that's seriously speaking. And and if you interview anybody, they'll tell you that. You know, I mean, seriously. And we had this, I had this teacher. And today I was really sitting down thinking about him, boy. And I I really, really like, boy, I said, Lord, you know, I thank you so much for, for him. You know, when you was a young girl growing up, you know, a lot of things you, you didn't want to do because you want to play, you want to do this, you want to do that. But today, as a grown woman, almost 50 years old, as I'm alive, seeing the things that is going on in this world. And I just have to say, you know, Father, I thank you for every person that made a difference in my life to bring me to where I am closer to you. Because each of them had a part in helping me to get where I was, even though I didn't realize it back then. And he was... He was a Seventh-day Adventist. And we, and let me tell you, he used to beat you behind too now. Oh, Lord. Let me tell you, now, here, today you can't, teachers can't correct people, children. Back then, teachers could correct you. And listen, don't let the teacher have to send you to the principal. Because if the teacher sends you to the principal, like I said, prepare a coffin because when he have to call you, listen, he gonna beat you, and then when your parents come, they gonna kill you, and they gonna skin you alive like we would sit back home. And seriously, and you know, a lot of us, we get your behind skin upside down. Once, listen, once you get your behind skin once, trust me, you stay straight for the rest of your life. You're so straight that even you're old enough, you're still remembering like, hey, let me stay straight. And he. He could play a wonderful piano boy. Oh, he was a brilliant piano player. And he had his handwriting was so, he used to write script. He had a beautiful handwriting. Now, I don't know what they do now, but when I went to school in my day, um, we used to get um, handwriting classes. And you would get graded for your, the subject and how you, your handwriting was on your work. And back in those days, the handwriting for me was higher than the grade, you know, the, whatever the subject was. I mean, today's different, but back then I'm just going to be real. And in this fifth grade class, oh, it, it bring back such beautiful memories. Only God in heaven knows. And he would teach us to write and today I my penmanship is so gorgeous and no I'm not bragging I'm just being honest it is I got people when I write a check they say oh my god your handwriting is so beautiful why don't even want to cash a check but unfortunately I gotta cash the check you hear me I write you a letter Woo! let me tell you I listen this penmanship write enough love letters for my cousins listen I get enough of them girls from my cousins enough of them I'm okay um I learned it from him how to, you know, to like slant and, you know, it was from him. And one of the things he used to have us do, we had to have a Bible. Back then we had Dutch Bibles because back where I come from is half Dutch, half French. So I went to Dutch school and we had to learn the 23rd Psalm in Dutch by hat. And I forgot how many days we had to learn it. It wasn't too many days. And when he put you up in front of the class to recite it, you better know it, eh? As he going to beat your tail with a ruler. And um, 
we had to learn the 23rd Psalm. And of course, we had to also learn our father. Now the 23rd Psalm, because I never continued saying it in Dutch, I don't remember it from out of my head anymore. But I never stopped saying our father in Dutch. So I still know it to this day. And I had forgotten how to say our father in English until probably like, ooh, somewhere in the mid 2000s. Then I'm like, I got to train myself again how to say it in English. And of course, I do know it in English now. But I used to know it in English when I was a kid because my mom used to make sure that I say it before I go to bed. But then when my mom died, nobody made sure that I did it and I didn't do it. And yeah, I forgot how to say it in English. But the only part I could remember was at that time, give us this day our daily bread and give forgive us our trespasses and anything else I couldn't remember. So then I ended up learning it in Dutch. So then I used to know it just in Dutch. And then I said, you know what? I need to learn it in English. And I relearned it in English. And what he used to have us do, we go to school from 7.30 to 1 o'clock. I don't know what it is now because, yeah, I, I, I really don't know because a lot of things have changed. I don't know. And back then, we had this bus driver. And he used to be there. One o'clock on the dot he leaving a minor school the bell ring at one o'clock and he listen don't come out five after one because he long gone. In other words, you would have to walk your tail home. And I used to, I used to be so mad. And what this teacher used to do, man, if I could I want to wring his neck. I'm just we wanted to wring his neck. <laughs> Especially those of us that had to catch a bus. He would wait until like ten minutes before one o'clock. When you know school wasn't dismissed. And that we have to catch a bus. We had to sing psalms. We had to um, sing these psalms. We had to say Psalm 23 in Dutch. We had to say um, our father in Dutch before we leave. Plus we had to sing these hymns while he playing the piano. And a ton of hymns you know. And by the time he finished taking his time. And he finished. Listen. Bus long gone. The bus long gone that on the way coming back to go to pick up the other children at another school. And see, we walking, have to walk home every day because we missed this bus. Because he waiting like 10 minutes before to do this. And we would be so pissed. But guess what? As I got older, of course, I went back out to America to live. And then I ended up going back in for a little short time before coming back out again. And I remember when I had not too long gone back, because after what he, he taught me, and he ended up teaching one of my other cousins. He died. And there was a time that he fell away from the faith. And as I sat down thinking about him, I was like, he was living an alternate love, um, lifestyle. You figure out the rest of it. But despite he mean, if he going to hell, he was making sure we get to heaven. That we were supposed to know all of this because he grew up in this. And then, of course, also before he died, he did rededicate himself back to the Lord. And he continued serving the Lord until the day he died. And I remember I had the same week I got back, um, I heard he died. I was so broken up, I couldn't even go. I was a big, I was a grown woman at that point, but... He was my teacher. I don't remember if I went to the funeral. I, I don't remember. But I, I really took, a lot of us took it hard. 
But I started sitting down today and I started remembering, not just today, just the other day, because I wanted, like I said, I was going to, you know, give you the history behind the, you know, the our, the Psalm 23 in Dutch and how that came to be. That came to be from him. That he cared enough to, to do such a thing. When you see people truly care, it's important to cherish those people. Oftentimes the people that truly care for us, we treat them like dirt. And then when they turn away, you wonder why. And today, because back home what we, you know, we call teachers, like if there's men, we say mener. And if there's um, women, we say you throw. I'm almost 50. And when I see my former teachers, Menier so-and-so, Yefrau so-and-so, she just be like, oh, that's my girl, you know. This is my girl. Yeah, this is one of my girls. I think the girl got gray hair. <laughs> Ooh. You know, but I still have the same respect. But that just to show you the different generation as from what we in now versus where I came from. You know, we were taught to, listen, your mother could have been a whore. But, she going to make sure you, you do the right thing. But you have a totally different generation today. We have to respect people. Seriously. Anybody came home and tell your parent that you acting up. They had all rights to hold you right and she can beat you behind. And then come home tell your parent you get a double beating. But today, teachers can't even tell children what to do. Are you serious? Back in our day, you act up. Look, get on on your knees. Go stand up in the corner or the hold you by your ear. I mean, I didn't get much of that because I was a good girl. But I, listen, I know many of my former classmates. I mean, they are, we are grown to this. I think we still laugh about some of those things. And But we were straight. And a lot of us who took heed, we we, 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 we never been to prison. You know, we, we, we walked that straight road because... We were raised right. We was not a generation that could act up. I mean, in our minds, we were acting up, but that, that's as far as you better act up. That's as far as you better go, because if you dare let anything come out, trust me, they were gonna lay you out. <laughs> okay, like today, people, you beat your child, they call the police. Oh yeah, try that. Yeah, listen, I had my brother tried that a couple times. I had a couple of the cousins did the same thing. I had some aunts, and when they used to beat, oh Jesus. They used to be terrible. They would start beating you in one room. <laughs> you know, when you think back about, about those days, from one room to the other, I mean, beat you in every room. Are you serious? What? You, you, you dare open your mouth backhand. Not, listen, you're lucky if you teeth in your mouth. Are you serious? We couldn't, you know, we, could, we couldn't do those things. They put you, the teacher put you in the corner to stand up. Yeah, and they tell you, let me tell you, don't even let me hear your lips move. So don't even move them for them to hear the, the lips move. My, my test does anything to come out of your lips. Because they're going to ring them. But guess what? A lot of us, we went to college. We had good jobs. We respectable even to this day. When we see them, Menel, you fro. Some of us, grand, well, I ain't no grandmother, but some of them is grand. And we still have respect for those living teachers who are still alive. 
when we see them. We have a totally different generation today that is so scary. It is so scary. You think we could dare walk around with our pens below or behind? Oh, my, listen, no. <laughs> listen. Listen. They get you a thumb and whip. Uh, listen. <laughs> your, your behind would have been real properly ready for to catch that thumb and whip on it. If your backside hanging out. You Are you serious? Man, listen. And, you know, I was also sitting there thinking about a story I remember hearing that was a young girl growing up in the Caribbean. And this was something that took place in Anguilla. I don't know. I don't think Anguilla still does it. But, yeah, back in those days, they did. And one thing, the British Islands was very strenuous when it came to capital punishment. Listen, they'll hang you in a second. And the story was, this young boy, he was so bad. Bad ain't a word. He was like Satan's seed. And his mother would never correct him. You know, the Bible tells us, what is, what is uh, something about, um, you know, beat the child, spare the rod or something, whatever the case is. But yeah, you, you get my drift. I can't quote it right now. But anyway, you know, about disciplining your child. And she would never beat her child, her son. He was so bad. And he would do so many, so many things. He would do so many wrong things as a kid. And she never would discipline him. So, of course, he grew up into a, a man, and he was into all kinds of stuff. And I don't remember what exactly he did, but he ended up in jail. I think he killed someone, but I can't remember the story 100%. As far what he had done, I, I don't remember that. And But he he had to have killed someone, but he ended up in jail, and he was sentenced to hanging. And they said on the day of the hanging, before they hung him, they asked him, is there anything he would like to say? And he said, yeah, there's something he would like to say. He said, I would like to say something to my mother. He tell his mother, he said, come close. And she came close. He said, no, come closer, come closer. I want to get in your ear. And they said, when she came closer, for like for... Her to tell him in her ear, he bit her ear off. And he tell her, he said, I'm here today because of you. He said, because had you corrected me, I wouldn't be in this mess. So when they used to correct us, we would always get that story. And that's a, that was a true story. It was a true story. It was not a made-up story. It was not a made-up story. It is so sad. It's really, really, really sad. That a lot of people have no morals, no scruples, no nothing. And that's why you see, I, I hate evil with a passion. I stand up against evil. Because this is something that God placed in me at a very, very, very young age. Long before I even know was, what, 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 before they even had anything called podcasts. Before there was even the internet. It's really something. And as I sat there thinking back on those people, I said, Father, thank you so much. And today as I sat 
there I also was thinking about my two godsons who are twins. Well, I have more than two godsons, but yeah, these two particular that I'm speaking about, they're twins. And at this point, they are 32, 32 years old. They have their own kids. And I took care of them like they were my children. And because their mother used to have to work, so we had to babysit them. And let me tell you, them two suckers wasn't easy. But one thing I enjoyed about the fact about the mother, she never had a problem with you or us correcting her children because she knew we were not going to um, take advantage of her children. And let me tell you, I used to turn them behind upside down. Oh, yeah. Today they are grown men. When they see me, they have the utmost respect. And when their mother see me, she's like, look at children. I say, yeah, you just, you made them for me. You know that you just, you just pushed them out, but they were mine. Cause I, they was with me more than anything else between me and, um, another, um, family member. We are the ones that took care of them. So they're like our children and they're grown today. And yeah, they just be acting up. But when they see me, they have the utmost respect for me to this day, the most utmost respect. Because they know I disciplined them, but they know I loved them very, very, very much. But when it came to discipline, I like, listen, I'm going to turn you upside down. Seriously. And by the way, they are not just my godchildren. They're also my cousins. Yep, their mom is my aunt. But she's like five years older than me. So, um, But yeah, they're not just my godchildren. They're my cousins, but they're my godchildren more than... They're my children and my godchildren more than they're my cousins. So, and they're grown men today. Grown men today. And they're not the only babies that I took care of. Today, a lot of the babies that I took care of back then are grown men and women with their own children that have the utmost respect for me. And one of those babies have passed on, have the most utmost respect for me. Most utmost respect. I didn't have any children of my own. I took care enough of those children. I got, I became a mother through those children. Yeah. So basically, that's kind of a little bit of what I wanted to say as far as this particular episode. Tomorrow is August 20th and tomorrow actually the Words of Encouragement podcast will be turning four years of age. Four years ago, I became four years ago tomorrow. In 2017, I became a podcaster. God called me to the mic as a podcaster. After me trying to call myself to the mic as a a radio DJ. So here I am. Here I am. So before closing, I'll bless you with this treat. And also, by the way, I am working on an episode for the 20th anniversary I'm a little behind because, yeah, I'm on assignment right now. So, yeah, I can't get what I need to get done the way I need to because by the time I get home, I'm, 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 I'm like, beat up. So that's why I'm lying down and I'm actually recording this episode. So I will say the Our Father prayer in Dutch. And this is in memory 
of my former and late teacher, Miner Glenn Smiley Richardson. And here we go. On the water, die in the hemel zijt, unam worden geheilig, u koning krijg komen, u wil geschieden gelijk in de hemel zijt, also op de aarde. Geef ons heden ons dagelijks brood en vergeef ons onze schuldenaren. Leid ons niet in verzoeking, maar verlos ons van de boze. Want van u is het koning krijgt en de kracht en de hele krijgt, tot in een eeuwigheid. Amen. Yeah. Be blessed.